Today I will be reading First First Peter verses two. What, sorry, chapter two, verses nine and ten. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Thank you, Rachel. That was good. All right, so what we've been doing the last three weeks, this is the last of three weeks, is um, uh, we're renewing our our vision of of why we exist as a church. So um, this started about two months ago for Melissa and I, is that uh, we knew that um, a lot of things had crept into our life, into our schedule and calendar and crazy business, and we needed a renewal of like, okay, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we here? What are, what are the things that God has gifted us to do? What are the values that we have? And then we started to fill a calendar again, all over again, a weekly and monthly calendar, just based on those important presuppositional things. Now, it takes a lot of work uh, to do that together for a family and a church community and friends and uh, you name it, it takes a lot of work. But, but what it is, it's a reset, right? It's a renewal of, okay, who are we? What is our purpose? How do we fill the calendar? That, that, that's really what we're doing here in this last three weeks is we're just going over again for a church community. It's like, who are we? What's our purpose? And then what do we do? How do we fill a calendar? Okay, so that's what we've been doing. Um, uh, let me just review is, is the first week we talked about a, a, a people. You're, you're called out ones. That's what Peter says in uh, 1 Peter 2. And really that means he says you're a holy nation and we talked about it. Uh, holy doesn't mean moral rectitude or moral rightness. All it means is like you are set apart for something special. So you're called out, okay? So we talked about that and I said you are called out, you are set apart in your complex, in your your neighborhood, in your work, um, where you work out, where you golf. I don't know what you're into, but like you're called out wherever that is. So that's week one, week two. Um, what is that purpose? And that's been our governing verse, you know, from First Peter 2. Our purpose is this, is that he has called you out wherever you are, right, wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, so that you will proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into marvelous light. So you may not think that. You're like, no, I'm getting a paycheck. And yeah, you get a paycheck, but there's actually a greater purpose above your paycheck. And that's what First Peter is telling us. So this week, um, uh, th- someone can say this. Yeah, 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 that's great. That's great. I-, I-, I get that, who we are. And yeah, 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 that's awesome. We have a purpose. It's great, grand and glorious. Thank you, Tim. But yeah, yeah, what do we do? Just tell me what we got to do. Tell me how to fill the calendar. Let's do something. Okay? What do we got to do? What do we got to do? So that's this week. So I'm going to give you two huge categories, and the categories are gathered and scattered. This is what we're going to look at. And um, the questions are this, and this question has happened throughout all of church history, okay, is what do we do when we all get together? The graphic on that side, right, shows all these people huddled around the cross. What do we do? How do you fill a calendar when we get all together and say, let's do something, okay? 
And then scattered is how do you follow Jesus when we go our separate ways and you go home and I go home and I go to my neighbor's Super Bowl party and I don't know what you're gonna do. Knit, I don't know. But like, what do we do? Like, how do I follow Jesus when we're a group, a coagulated group, how do we follow Jesus in our individual lives? Okay, those are the big categories. And remember, I said I was preaching only about 24 minutes in 2023. So how much can I say, right? So, in gathered, let's look gathered. What do we do when we gather up and we say, hey, we're a bunch of people who wanna do something together? and follow Jesus together. Okay, so we actually have a lot of options here. Um, we could populate a list, we could just stay here all night long and we could pop, populate it, it's like, okay, when we all get together, we should go pick up trash along the Arroyo Cycle Parkway. Like, that's a great idea, right? Like, we should do that when we get all together. Or we should say this, we should collect items for Syria and Turkey. There's this program called Crates for Ukraine. We could, like, pack, we could buy a bunch of stuff, we could pack a crate and we can send it off. There's a program for that. There's all of these things that we can do. Like, what are we gonna do when we get all together? Like, we can, how about this, how about this? We, we, we find a people group to help and we organize activism, like picketing and, and, and policy change and, and, and being an advocate to our local elected officials. Like, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. There's, and, and every church does this and everybody has thousands of different ideas. So like, all the lists won't match, but we will come up with an amazing list of all these things that we can possibly do. Okay. But what for sure, so yes, we have freedom in Jesus to do all of the things, but what are the most basic things that we don't have an option to change? Like someone could select, hey, we're gonna help Syria and Turkey, but just because that's what our gifts are, that's what the resources we have, but we're not going to do immigrant advocacy. Okay, that's fine, we have freedom under Jesus to do that. But scripture tells us something, that there is a baseline requirement that you have to do. So you can do all of the things, but what is it that you have to do? And this is it. This is what we get from Scripture. And this is from Matthew 28 and Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. It's, it's unified here. Is, um, Jesus says this, is I want you to make disciples, like I want you to go, and I want you to make disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what that means is a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. So we should be consumed when we get together with the spiritual formation of each other's hearts towards following Jesus. All right, like the scriptures don't, like that's the baseline requirement. Okay, so how do you do that? Yeah, yeah, that's great, Tim. How do we fill a calendar? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Here's the baseline requirement. This is what, and it's, it might sound to your ears underwhelming at first. You're like, oh, great. That's not a plan. Number one in scripture is this, is we establish the worship of God where we sing and we pray and we learn and we dive into his word and we have the sacraments of communion and baptism and we hear good news proclaimed over our lives and you're like, oh man, that doesn't, it actually doesn't sound like a lot. Like, we really do need to start filling the calendar when we're all together. Um, let me tell you how weird this is. is in the Old Testament, when, when um, um, the Hebrews, they've been enslaved for 
you know, 400 plus years, when they finally get sprung from Egypt, the first thing, the first thing that happens, now it's counterintuitive to Tim Lian. I'd be like, hey, let's get a clean water program, let's, 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 let's divvy up the streets and let's make sure everyone does their business in a sanitary place. Like, let's, let's do these things first. And the first thing to establish is not all of that. Let's have a reading program, I would say. Reading is important, education, we can learn so much. Um, you know, let's get a counseling program because you know the, the family unit was fractured in slavery like you wouldn't believe. Like, let's, let's, no, 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 the very first thing that it establishes is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up worship because you don't realize how much of a prerequisite that is for your life. Because we are gonna worship anything else. I am gonna worship the dollar. I am gonna worship relationships. I am gonna worship, I am gonna chase over things. And we have to establish this, says something. Let's fill your life and your heart with the living God and he is the only one that can make you right. And after that is spoken of your life, then guess what? Go. But it's so foundational. Now, think of this. Um, everything else can be done thousands of different ways. Now, um, let's show the slide. Did you know that you have 168 hours in a week? You do. Um, you sleep a third of those hours. Right, that's the, that's the blue up there. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm being really generous here, so, so I, I've been a minister a long time. Uh, look, may, I'm gonna carve out a couple hours. Like you had to come here, you had to worship, you gotta go back home. I'm gonna give that about a two hours, okay? A two hour window. Um, and then maybe if you are hyper committed, you might go to something midweekish. Maybe a prayer group, you know, a small group, something, something, something. But 80%, over 80% of most members, what? Like, I go to worship, right? I don't fault you, that's reality, right? So, so, so at most, 2.3% of your week is when you come together and say, we are the gathered people of God. Okay, that's reality. All right, we do not gather, now listen to this part because I'm gonna flesh it out. We do not gather so that maybe we can gather some more. We gather in order to scatter. All right, many people conceive of church as this, um, and, and I have at times too, so I'm not, I'm not um, but, but this is American Christianity, and I'm gonna give you one example. Is let's say I have a ton of anxiety, which I do, and I want a measure of peace. Okay, for American Christianity, it doesn't look like the rest of Christian history, but for American Christianity, um, we are famous for looking at church where that could be a possible personal therapy place for my anxiety. Right? So will I feel better? Will I do better? Will I manage that anxiety better if I do go to church? If I, can I get some of the peace and feel calm? Is it doing it for me? Right? Um, but this is interesting, and I want you to get this, is the message of redemption is not that you would have the peace of God inside your heart. The message of redemption is that every corner of creation would have the peace of God upon it. 
do you see that? Like, oh, it's not about me, but if it's about the whole thing, and if it's the whole thing, that it includes me. That includes me. Uh, um, so, this is, this is my point. If you have 2.3% of your time for gathering as the collected people of God, what would help you most in the scattering? Would some tips be helpful? Some moral advice? Would that be the most helpful for your scattering? Like, like um, should I give you tips and tricks and pro hacks about how to populate your already cluttered to-do list? Or do you think that good news would be absolute fuel to your heart and life? Let's go with the peace anxiety example. Um, what do you think would have a greater impact on you, your workplace, your neighbors, your friends, your family, your, the, uh, the strangers you meet? Let's say you're anxious and you come to me and I say, hey, you really need to find someone to talk to. Um, have you tried these breathing exercises that I have for you? Um, I want you to try to prioritize your life a little bit more. That might help. Have you thought about getting a gym membership? Um, and also, get a diary. Just get that stuff out. Get that stuff out. I've given you some tips, tricks, pro hacks. Or try this. You have a father who knows and sees you. And he is guiding your story to absolute success. And you, my friend, cannot, 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 cannot mess it up. You can't. He's that much of a good guiding father. And his son covered your crud to such an extent that you don't have to worry that it's karma or payback when difficult times descend on your life. Because you know for sure he has paid it all. You are his. What will have a greater impact for your coworker who is also anxious, your friend who is also anxious, and your family members who are covered up in anxiety? Tell me, tell me, tell me, what will have a greater impact? speaking that good news over your heart and asking you to believe it all over again. So, do you see the time slide? Because our gathered time is so limited, let's use the rocket fuel. Let's use the rocket fuel. You know that Shell station on the Royal Park going into Pasadena? They sell racing fuel. $10 a gallon. Let's use that. Let's use that. Let's, let's not dabble in all these other thousand things when we get together and say, I want the rocket fuel of good news spoken over my life, and you better give it to me. You better give it to me. Because it is going to fuel my scattering, and I spend most of my life scattered. All right, so scattered.
So this is not as um, your scattered life, <coughs> excuse me, is not as airtight and prescribed as you'd like it to be. You'd love for me to say, hey, there's these 20 things I want you to consider. And in your scattered life, could you could just try a little harder to do those things this next week? Just, just turn up the energy volume just a little bit more. All right, this is the problem. The church in the last 50 years was actually glad to give more, and this is American Christianity now, in the last 50 years, was glad to give increased program after program after program, increasing what? Gathered time. Why? Because it left you dependent on central church offices or a dynamic guru to run your life. It didn't have to be spirit-led. No, just do the program. It didn't have to be spirit-led. And then it did this weird thing. You're like, okay, if I just do the programs, and they are kind of boring, and they do seem to be ineffective on my heart, but if I do them, then I have all of this time over here that is all mine. And so weirdly, the American church increased the divide between what? The sacred and the secular. When it's all his, it's all sacred. It's all sacred. Now this is what I think you'll love. You have, no, this is, this is awesome. Right now in your calendar, in your schedule, in your, is it iCal or did they change it? In your Google calendar? <sighs> right now, without changing one thing, you have the mission of God of what you're gonna do this next week. And we don't have to change one thing. You're doing it. The thing we have to change is, well, nothing with the schedule. Is the schedule, I don't want you to change. I want you to start looking at the schedule differently. I want you to say, oh, this is yours. And you start praying before you go into, uh, Jesus, in your name, I'm going into this meeting. And bring about flourishing your type of kingdom Hope, light, peace, love, whatever it is, I don't even know how it's going to look like, but you are going to walk in there with me. Do you see that? You don't have to change your schedule. If you like bowling, continue the bowling. But beforehand say, this is yours and it's not mine. And it, you will start to see relationships shift you will start to see God showing up on his mission in your life, doing his mission with the calendar you didn't even change. Uh, let me sum it up this way. Look at the time slide again. Um, 
when we gather, I want you to conceive it this way. When we gather together, I want you to think of it this way. It is the most important thing we do to get the fuel of God into our hearts and minds. I want you to think that. It is the most important thing for me to be able to do it. But this is what I also want you to see is that scattering is the thing that takes up all of your time. The most important, the most time-consuming. That's how I want you to see what God is having you do. So what does that look like? It means this, is after this, I'm going to my neighbor's Super Bowl party. Because I know this, in deep relationships that happen over time, I know I'm not going to just talk about football with my, my neighbors. Not because I'm trying to slip in secret Jesus on them. No, it's because, no, they might be worried about something. They might be grieving about something. They might, and you know what? I'm there as a Jesus emissary to say, wow, that is tough. Wow, that is hard. Wow, I'd like to hear more. I will listen to you. So you are bringing light, hope, love somewhere, wherever you are. Do you know what it looks like? It means this, is when you go to the store, and my kids kind of can't stand this, it means that the checker, the, the, the person at, at checks you out, does not exist to just do it right and for you to get out most efficiently. You can't look at them and say, this is a transaction. Do your job and I'm out of here. Now, we never say that, but that's what we're thinking. They are not, they are not a checker first. They are an image bearer first. Okay? Like, that means I'm going to chat them up. I'm going to chat them up, and I'm not going to sneak in secret Jesus, but I am going to bring light to their world. And my kids can't stand it, but you know what? They will laugh. They will laugh because they're not a checker first. You know what grates at me? And you guys have heard this before, is, but it kind of grates at me when Christians tip horribly. And they tip just right at the mark. You know what we should be marked by? Is that I've given you, to, and you're like, well, that costs a lot of money. That's not what they deserve. Let's talk about grace. What have you deserved? What, what price did it come at? Like, we should be marked out by, like, I am tip, like, God bless you. Do, do you think they'll be angry when you say, hey, I want the blessings of God to be on your life? and you give them a fat tip, do you think they're gonna be like, man, those stupid Christians, stupid, I can't stand, they're always proselytizing. No, they will be like, whoa, that is rich and beautiful. That is rich and beautiful, and not many people speak that over my life. Um, I, uh, there was a cleaning lady at our offices, and in December, I came into $100, and I gave her the $100, and I said, thank you so much for your great, great work. Like, I'm amazed. Like, it's, our office is amazing. Please never look at my broom. Like, thank you for that. And so every time I see her, I'm just like, thank you for your hard work. It's unbelievable. Thank you for your hard work. Now, a little bit got lost in translation. Um, but the other day she said, and I, I think she said, thank you for respecting me. It matters. It matters. You are called out to proclaim the excellencies of him. He is generous and he is kind and respectful. Like, like do you see that? And you don't have to change your schedule at all. You don't have to change your schedule. 
Um, and this is it, is it's spirit-led. By his sovereign work in your life, and it's not directed by some church office telling you to sign up again for another program. Where do we get this power? I'm gonna end here. We get this power because you know Jesus became scattered for you. in order that you would be gathered under one name and be a son and daughter. Like his peace was shattered and scattered so that you know for sure I do have peace with God. He is not mad at me because of Jesus. And I may be going through tough times, but I know he is not mad at me because Jesus was scattered and shattered for my peace with him. I am reconciled with God. He had injustice and guilty emblazoned over all of his life so that you would have the verdict of not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. Yeah, but I saw that you did. You be quiet, accuser. I am not guilty. Yeah, but your repetitive sins, O-M-O, shut up, accuser. I am not guilty. I am not guilty. It's a good thing we don't video anymore. He was abandoned by his father so that you would be brought in and accepted. He lost his wealth so that you would have an inheritance. All right, so a disciple, a follower of Jesus is one who believes, knows, soaks, treasures, wonders, marvels, thinks, reflects about that so much that their lives begin to be scattered everywhere in their schedule and calendar. Now that's the plan. That's the plan. Let's pray into that. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It is your kindness that led me to repentance. <laughs> it is your kindness. I ran away. I ran away from your, your hardness, your, your, your law, what I thought were probably fair punishments. but it was your kindness that, that, that got to me. It was your grace. It was your good news. Oh, Jesus. Give us again your good news. and help us scatter it wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen.